This is a HeadGum Podcast. The discussions on Robot Congress are for entertainment purposes and to help correct random people on the internet. Any law discussed is general commentary only and not to be taken as legal advice. Specific facts will always alter the case. Have a problem? Hit the gym and lawyer up. Hello and welcome back to Robot Congress. I am Austin Hoffman and with me are the fantastic Ryan Morrison and Allison Rothman. Hello and thank you for uh, waiting for us. We're we're back. We're here. You didn't unsubscribe or you did and you saw this on Twitter. But thank you. Hello. And you resubscribed. Yeah, hi, everyone. Yeah. We missed you all. We did. So thank you for uh, coming again on this journey with us. For those who don't know or those who have uh, gone through so much this past year or since we left last released, which was just about at least half a year ago. Robot Congress is a show that was started where I, Ryan Morrison, as an attorney, was going to teach my dumbest friend from high school a law every week. And Austin, do you know the role you fill in that equation? I am the person that teaches the laws to the not lawyer. No, you yes. are the law. And Allie is my friend from... No, I'm kidding. So and now Al- we're back. From exactly. out space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but in all seriousness, so Austin and I have done this show for let's call it four years, even though we haven't necessarily done it the entire well, four years. Yeah, that doesn't matter. We've done it for, has it only been four years? It feels maybe longer now. It, I don't know. It feels an eternity. But we, I mean, listen, we were doing it when I lived in New York still, which I miss very much, but I've been in LA for almost three years. So I would say we've been doing it at least four years. We'll say that. Uh, and in that time, my- at least two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> in that time, my former associate, now partner, Allison Rothman, the Rothman in Morrison Rothman for our firm, has joined as the grating, terrible female perspective, right? The voice of reason. <laughs> the different, oh. the different uh, mentality on just about every single thing. The correct mentality on most things, right? So Ali's not a gamer by nature. She's she's pretty good at Aladdin on Sega, uh, but. You know, Austin and I obviously fill the nerd quota here, and Allie brings a lot of... Aladdin uh, is not on Sega. Yes, it is. Aladdin is, is definitely not on Sega. Well, Lion King was... Wait, game. was Lion King? Anyway. It was on what? It's definitely a Super Nintendo It game. was for sure on both things, because I had it for Sega, and well, I, I never had a Super Nintendo. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the Sega, Sega Echo kid, the Goblin. Echo the Dolphin is, we we could do a whole episode on that, but we won't. Instead, what we're going to do this week is talk about the question we get the most, either tweeted at us or in our inbox, which is robotcongresspodcast at gmail.com. And the show is robot underscore Congress on Twitter. Follow us. But the question we get the most for sure is how do I get into the video game industry? We get that from independent developers trying to grow or get into a bigger studio uh, With a crowbar get, and an Xbox 360 controller. Exactly. But we get it the most from students, whether they are design students, art students, programmers, uh, but more often than not, law students. When I was in law school, there was no such thing as video game law outside of a handful of people practicing it throughout the country. I was very lucky 
that one of those people was Greg Boyd, who taught one hour a week at my school, a class called Intellectual Property Track with a focus in video games. All we really did in that class was watch YouTube videos. Uh, the one <laughs> I remember most fondly was he showed us if you microwave a grape, it creates plasma. But that's it. Uh, so the, the class itself wasn't wasn't Isn't anything. Actually, sounds really valuable. Yeah, the class itself wasn't anything too nuts. But what it did evolve into is a great relationship between Greg and myself, where I asked him endless questions, met a lot of really cool people, and found a path into this world I didn't know existed. And I am now in a position where I'm very lucky to have made it in the games industry. And Ali and myself, I, I'm not exaggerating. When we get fifty to a hundred resumes, emails, inquiries a week about how from law students of how they can get into this space. And when you really think about how many that is compared to how many students there are in America, I think very quickly you realize how competitive this is going to be for people who want to get in, how difficult it is for people who want to get in. And this is no longer an obscure space that a couple people are hoping to be a part of. This is now this is now a real thing. Is there music and, playing in the background? No, Austin, but thank you for pointing that out because it's actually a new segment we started called uh, A Police Siren is Going By Our Window. <laughs> and we don't record in a real studio, so you can hear that. It's called The Popo, We're Getting the Bad Guy. We're going to be doing some new fun segments. That is the first one. Thank you. Thank you, Polici. <laughs> uh, it's, he, uh, he just what chimes he in. He really you know, accentuates the point. When I'm trying to make a good point, they come in and they kind of just like underline it. So it's, it's, it's fun. But cool. So that's, that's long and short here. And I want to make this episode shorter than our normal ones, perhaps, uh, but it, so it can be concise and actually digested. I don't know, we always say that and then I know and then we, we ramble but the templates the template form that I you know the the questions I get from students could be responded to with a cut and paste usually and instead of doing that I want to give a little more earnest advice here and really take people into this space and I think that Ali comes from such a different background which is where I was going with not a gamer I was a gamer but never went to law school for video game law I didn't even know what a trademark was when I went to law school versus a copyright and then Austin, not a lawyer, who also works in the game industry. So together, I want everyone to kind of share their stories quickly. And then we'll start talking about the most common questions I get and how everybody thinks we should go about that. So Austin, yours is a little more fun since you're not a lawyer and lawyers are boring. What 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 was your path to games and what did you do in games? I was lead QA uh, for large animal games uh, in Manhattan. And uh, basically what I did was I tested uh, I tested games and I liaised between the engineers because apparently engineers don't talk to each other. And it helps to have someone to make sure that the engineers are working on the, you know, like like different projects as opposed to them never talking to each other and them all doing the same thing in different ways. It's actually, I want you to even get deeper than that. Cause I know that the biggest uh, problem we have is sometimes we are so, you know, integrated into this industry that we forget the terms that fly around and what everything is. So I, I think absolutely non-lawyers that the number one thing we get asked about is how they can get into QA and how they can be part of that. But I would say there's many listeners who don't even know what QA means or stands for or what that job actually is qa so is quality assurance when you get a pack of underwear and it says that it was inspected by <laughs> agent 46 then agent 46 that's like the you know one of the the quality assurance people in that underwear production line but i did that with video games <laughs> <laughs> oh are you sure <laughs> No, I basically I you know it was essentially working with unofficially with your underwear. Yeah. 
Are you literally uh, remembering the Pete and Pete episode? Is that where that uh, analogy yes. came from? Okay. Yes, it is. I knew uh, that. I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud of you and and all of us. But and okay. Us. Yes. No. But, but so I, essentially, we were working with like an alpha build. So like a very early build of of the game that they were working on. It was filled with bugs and holes, and my job essentially was to make sure that all of the bugs and holes got found and patched up, and also to prioritize them. <laughs> And, and what what would you would you just like run into a wall and glitch through it and then write that down or would you play the levels normally? What what was like your your day to day like? And and it was a mix. Like it was outlier things that people probably wouldn't be doing that frequently, but could really break the game. Like if you tap the screen in a certain way, then you could get free microtransaction money or like the common stuff. Like yeah, just playing through the game and seeing what. If there were certain points of the game, you would think that the that the developers would do this, but a lot of the times I was basically testing to see if you could actually progress through certain parts of the game. Wow, shots at the developers! Uh, but no, they listen, were actually, well, I, I know they were. I'm kidding. I, I worked at Large Animal too. For anyone who I guess didn't listen to our 13 years of discography here, uh, but that, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, but that's that is important to remember because what Austin just said, I think, is what a lot of people think. I would assume the developer would make sure that this level is playable. Uh, but one of the biggest things QA does at the besides finding bugs is making sure the game is not only just playable, but intuitive. If you start in the level and, and they know the the objective is left and you're supposed to go left, how long does the player who's never played this game before see a rock formation on the right that the, the developer and the artist just kind of threw in because they look cool? But it looks climbable. So the player's spending 15 minutes there jumping against the nothing wall. That's not a fun experience. So they, yeah, that's the be a really cool treasure chest on the other side because it was so hard to do. Exactly. And, and that, that is the kind of stuff they test. Uh, when you go to E3 or, or conventions like that, that is basically mass QA testing. If you go ask the, uh, the person at the booth, by, if you wait the eight hours in line, uh, to go play Spider-Man when it's at E3. When you get up and the, and you ask the guy a question, hey, am I supposed to go to the top of that building or in that door? Oftentimes they won't even answer you because they're taking notes on what you do. Or they should it's, be. <laughs> or Well, no, they they for sure are. I mean, the guys who put those booths together are, are the best. But uh, in all seriousness, that's what they're doing. It, do players know to go to the top of that building or do they spend 15 minutes trying to enter the, the door because they don't know Spider-Man climbs things? Uh, and know. in addition, because you're getting kind of like a like an outside an outside eye, you can find like the developers can find out that there are ways of doing things in the game that they would never have thought of. So it's just really th th there's a lot of stuff that QA can can contribute to a project. Hey, is it you fun having. QA testing? I can imagine it's got to be a little frustrating, right? You're just uh, at first running into problems. At first, it's fun, and then eventually it gets frustrating. Yeah, because, I mean, it, I can't tell you how many people, when they're asking to get into the games industry to be a QA tester, they think it's it's that, playing video games all day. But what you're really doing is playing the same level over and over again, trying to break it. Yep. And there is fun to that until it's not. Yeah, uh, you have to make your own fun. And my form of fun was getting six different devices, like phones and tablets, that we were going to be uh, releasing the game on and playing all of them at the same time. <laughs> hey, hey, Austin, are you an octopus? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no <laughs> How the hell did you do that? Uh, what? It's just looking at things. Lemming. Uh, it's lemmings just don't have more than one arm. Hand. Yes, hand. They do. Lemmings, lemmings just famously walk off buildings, I thought, or cliffs. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to QA test that game, too. I forget what oh, it was called. Lemming was it called is what lemmings? I squeeze in my water to make it tasty. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, That's bloody. 
I'm Austin this episode. Yeah, that's why Ali's here, folks. Um, okay, so that's that's what QA testing is. That's the gist of it. And we can talk more about how Austin got into that in a bit. Ali, give a little bit of background on yourself and just uh, why you exist. Well, I've been wondering a lot lately. Uh, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but up to this point, what happened was I went to law school. I had no idea what the hell I was going to do with my life. But kind of like Ryan was explaining earlier with the video game space within the legal realm, I had a very similar experience with fashion. Um, I was really, really into it, really interested in it, and did not know that it was a thing in the legal industry until I went to my law school. Which what, what did you go to law school for? I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I was an economics major in college, didn't know what I was going to do with that. So Ten, I went to law school. Is law economics a thing? Economics of law? Wait, no, law is It economics. actually is, believe it or not, and it's probably the most dry, boring career on planet Earth. So That's I'm what really you think, glad. except for the people that actually get into the industry and it's they It's probably know. like QA testing. Take that, <laughs> economic lawyers that listen to Robot Congress. <laughs> you got to be careful. Um, but yeah, so, so when I got to law school, though, and I realized that, quote unquote, fashion law was a thing, and I say that, quote unquote, because... It's probably similar in video game space, but there is no such thing as fashion law. There is no such thing as video game law. It is well, multiple different you guys are practice kind of areas. The whole industry now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hate to break it to you, but no, it, it's multiple areas of practice that really just focus um, heavily in a particular industry. So when I learned that, I got really involved in the trademark space. I loved intellectual property. Um, and to make a really long story short, I got my dream job at oh. a firm that represented all of my dream clients. I couldn't stand it. So I quit <laughs> I moved across the country and got a call from Ryan Morrison at Hello. some point to say. When you uh, say dream clients, like, yeah. are you, who are you talking about? Or uh, oh, can you? I don't, I don't know law. Can I mean, you tell me? OJ Simpson. <laughs> I can't think of any other murderers, but okay. Go, go. No, really. Name some of the brands you work. That's public. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see this all on public record. We worked with fashion companies like Coach, Michael Kors, Louis Vuitton. I mean, all your major fashion and luxury goods companies, um, Rolex. So for me, it was really, really fun. So um, was why why was it so interesting for you to be involved with those brands from a law perspective? Did you get free stuff? Because that's where my <laughs> mind goes first. I didn't. I didn't get a single thing. I got nothing. No, they just they just send like you know like a uh, a pallet full of bags, like a coach bag. I actually, we had a uh, an evidence closet. We called it just full of fake bags because that's what I did with these brands. Was I handled all of their anti counterfeiting measures? So Uh, we just had a closet full of fake shit. Yeah, and and listen, I mean the the reality is, uh, you know, you ask why do you want to be on the law side of that? We are. it's all of us work in industries we're passionate about and and try to utilize our skill sets within that industry. And I think that that's what we're doing in the games industry here too. I can't go make a game, but I love the industry. And that's why I'm amped every day when I wake up to do this job. But what Ali said is, is let's start there at the, at the advice of how this happened. I'll give the quick summary and then we'll get into kind of what Ali meant by Ryan Morrison called me and, and how Austin wound up still being in the industry in a different way and now does work with our firm. To take a step back, basically what happened with myself is I went to, to law school for criminal justice. I wanted to be a defense attorney and really work with people who could not afford an attorney. 
I did a lot of work with uh, some some different groups, uh, advocacy groups throughout law school and a bit afterwards. But the reality is I, I kind of realized that you can't do much as a single public defender attorney. And it's still one of my goals and, and side activities to, to make change there. But you need power, money, et cetera, to do that. So working with the charities we work with now, I, I feel anyway, I can sleep at night that we accomplish a lot more than I would have uh, in the, the old situation I was in. So meeting Greg Boyd and everyone else, getting a job at Large Animal Games with you, Austin, and doing everything we did within this space translated into a lot of connections and a lot of opportunities here, uh, but still no job, still no... <laughs> there was no law firm hiring for video game law. So I, I got a job at a trademark firm. Uh, Candy Crush at the time was going around with the oh trademarks for Candy and Saga. Long, Very long story that you can Google and look into yourself, but what happened was... I found myself opposite King that owns Candy Crush. I was working with a lot of independent developers. And very quickly, uh, Reddit started referring to me as video game attorney. I ran with it. And I built my own solo firm around it. And now I'm honored to be partnered with Ali. We have a great team of attorneys here. And to Ali's point, I mean, none of us are a general practitioner. We all touch every area. But within video game law, we have a corporation expert. We have a privacy expert. We have an intellectual property expert. And that's really important that you know your areas of law backwards and forwards within the lens of video games. It's not you're a video game lawyer. We're all video game lawyers, but we have different specialties. Yeah. And I had a similar experience, again, in the fashion space. We looked at things like intellectual property, corporate, real estate, when it came to commercial leasing and everything for all of these different brands. There's so many different areas. But um, similarly, you're looking through the lens of a specific industry. Yeah. And, and listen, that's where Ali came from. And that's why it's very strange to some people when they know who my partner is in this industry and space. And kudos to Ali. She's the first female partner in the video game space. So awesome round of applause for her. Wait, that, is that real? What? That is really Ali is the first partner at a law firm in the video game industry. So so kudos. But what's most important here is Ali is here. And how did that happen? When you when you just went through your summary, Ali, you said Ryan Morrison called me and I, I joined up. That's not entirely the case. What 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 really happened is uh, my old partner, Ali, was working for. When we started our partnership, Ali was an obvious candidate for him. I didn't really know Ali from a hole in the wall. Uh, and then I brought in some people myself. We hired many attorneys over the years. Uh, and as things grow, grew and scaled, we went through a lot of turnover. We went through a lot of changes that some had to happen. Some people outgrew us. Uh, but there was, a, there was just a lot of changes here in the day-to-day. And what Ali did that separated her from the thousands of other people trying to work with us or for us or, or even the, the dozens that worked with us was Ali was 110% at all times, chased every opportunity. If there was a, a marketing endeavor, she'd be after it. If there was legal work that needed to be done, she would stay late and help. And that kind of mentality really goes a long way when you're building a business with somebody. And I think that's why she was an obvious partner when I started this. But the... The way this translates to you, the listener, uh, hearing this right now is that I'll repeat, there are thousands of people trying to get into this industry. So what are you doing to stand out? Allie, how does every single email from a student start? Yeah, I, I was just going to say the same thing. And I'll, I'll start with the answer to your question. I don't care that you played Sonic the Hedgehog when you were a child. <laughs> that is how every <laughs> single email starts. I've been playing video games since I was five. We know. Right. That's why you're and emailing. I, and I've been wearing clothes <laughs> since I was born. That makes me a candidate for a, a 
major fashion law practice. Yeah. And listen, I'm not insulting or belittling anyone who sent that email because I know a lot of you are listening to this. I would have sent that same email probably. But the, the point of this podcast is kind of harsh truth and reality on how to get into this space. And rule one is stand out. You telling me you play video games when you're applying to a video game law firm or to Ali's point, you you wear clothes when you're applying to a fashion law firm or whatever is not going to make you stand out. What makes you stand out is extra effort, which goes such a long way. I speak to so many classrooms of students, and at the end of every single one, I tell anyone in the room, email me, and I will discuss getting you an internship for next semester. And then I follow that up by, but none of you are going to email me. And the reality is, no one ever emails because everyone thinks everyone else is going to. I got the best experience of my life at my externship at Calvin Klein in law school by going to an event where I didn't even know that there, um, I guess at the time she was assistant GC of all their IP. She's now an amazing mentor to me still to this day. I didn't even know that she was speaking that day. I went up to her after the session. We talked. She said, shoot me an email. I thought in my head, there's no way in hell this woman's going to give me an internship just for emailing her. But she did. It was the greatest experience. She introduced me to all of the best people in the space. Um, she she really exposed me to an amazing opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that, that you should not be afraid to take that extra step. And you, you in fact, actually should. Yeah, I, I, listen, I know I said at the beginning of this that we get a ton of emails. But really what that is, is I am blessed with a social media presence and a top Google result when you type this stuff in. So I get a ton of emails from people who are not even in school half the time, but saying they want to go to school one day for this. Email Ali, email one of the other associates here, email our third partner, Keith, or, or seriously, one of the attorneys. Anyone here is going to be happy to speak to you and no one does it. And when you do email, make sure you stand out. And I'll give you some examples. The examples of people who got jobs here and not only got jobs here, but proved me right that this is the way to find people and became awesome attorneys. Uh, a video the, pitch. Uh, exactly. Send a video resume. No. Yes. The, uh, the, uh, definitely not. The, a video resume knows? of you playing Sonic the Hedgehog. We've had, we've had some <laughs> unique resumes for sure. And that, man, does that hit or miss. And it, it, half the time it's to how I feel that morning. Uh, whether your, your funny comment in the resume is going to make me roll my eyes and delete your, your email or give you a shot. But that's neither here nor there. The, the kind of stuff that really gets noticed is the extra effort. For example, Caroline, one of our attorneys here, uh, is I, awesome. she is awesome. She helps all the time with research on this podcast. And now she's one of our attorneys. She's been with us years. I love her. Uh, the way she got this original job with us was she reached out once. She said, hey, uh, are you taking interns? I said, uh, you know, it was March, let's say. And I, it, uh, I told her, sorry, we got everybody in February. We do that every year. I'll look out for our posting. We do it around February 15th every year. So I totally forgot Caroline existed, went on about my way. Uh, we were really slammed that year. We weren't going to have interns that semester. Uh, we didn't have time to train people. And February 15th that, you know, 9.01 a.m., I got an email from Caroline saying, uh, very respectfully, Mel, it wasn't like, hey, you promised. It was just, hey, I see. I know that you said this is about the time you start looking. I haven't seen any posts, but I've been looking. Uh, here is my resume again to remind you, I would love to speak, have a coffee, whatever. And that impressed me so much that she had marked something 11 months away in her calendar, followed up on it, sent me everything I needed. And since then she has been that punctual, organized and determined. And that kind of stuff really stands out instead of, 
sending an email saying, here's my resume, here's the same five things you hear from every student, et cetera, et cetera. What about standing outside of the office with a boombox held high, and, like, <laughs> like on that day, so instead of an email? Absolutely, that's another way to stand out. <laughs> um, but so, so listen, Ali, what's one of the, the things that has made an intern or anyone stand out from the student pool in your mind since you've started this? Um, so persistence, for sure, but in the right way, like you were saying. And another thing that I think really makes somebody stand out is it's so easy to forget the most relevant term when you hear video game attorney. All you hear is video game and you forget attorney, which is the most important part of it. So if you can email me or you can in some way show me that not only are you passionate about the video game space, but you are taking you know your job as an attorney or a law student um, and future attorney seriously. And you can actually connect the skills that you need as an attorney with the passion that you have for video games. Those, that's a really unique combination. I think the best combination would probably be somebody that was really enthusiastic about being a lawyer, but hated video games because then, or, or maybe just was indifferent about video games because then they wouldn't be distracted by video games at all. They could just do the pure law work. And then when someone said, Hey, have you played Minecraft? They could say, I don't know what that is. Are you in need of a mining rights lawyer? <laughs> I mean, as much as you're joking, that's basically Allie. So I guess you're... Uh, <laughs> except except now Allie has been warped by video games and plays them. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, uh, but it, in all seriousness, another really good tip is uh, self-teaching yourself something. Self-teaching, self-teaching yourself. yourself. So, yeah. Monica? Don't edit that, Austin. I deserve the world to know how dumb I am. <laughs> but the uh, the reality is, uh, teaching yourself a skill or an area of law is so much better than anything you learn in law school. I don't care you took a trademark course. I took a trademark course and I learned nothing. I learned some <laughs> theory about trademarks. I didn't know how to register one. I didn't know what the USPTO even stood for, probably. Uh, but if you go on the website, like I did actually at Large Animal Games when we needed trademarks filed, I went on. There's really helpful videos on the USPTO. It's one of the few government bodies that explains itself well united and states ta- patent trade office patent and patent trademark and office trademark. which is the trademark w- the one word you got wrong is the one i've said 30 times <laughs> good job <laughs> but anyway i went on and i taught myself what a trademark was what the different classes of goods were how to apply for one and i filed a trademark as a law student with the with the video game company isn't that uh, illegal nope you're absolutely allowed to don't ask that i don't want to pay oh, people on y- filing yep, their own trademarks yep. okay now you're right so the and what that turned into was a passion for trademarks because I had spent so much time learning it. I really clicked with the area of law, and I had a real skill set which helped me get a job when there was not a lot of jobs when I graduated. Even though I ran away from it and started my own thing, uh, but <laughs> everyone we've hired, I would say to a degree, has self-taught themselves an area of law that was super useful. Matt Doble was an attorney here that uh, was super incredible, hardworking. No one I've I've never met somebody so hardworking. And he didn't even teach himself an area of law. What he did was he taught himself Spanish and then transcribed all of Esportspedia into Spanish. And he told me that on his interview when he stood out. That that was an incredible endeavor rather than telling me his MMR. Uh, so I think that, you know. <laughs> I think that, that's a little. <laughs> no, that happens. So I think that uh, you, you really cannot put enough uh, weight on how important it is to teach yourself a skill outside of the classroom that will make you succeed or stand out in a pile of resumes. I know Ali's different, so take this with a grain of salt. Everybody is different. I don't care if you're on law review. I don't care if you did moot court. I don't care what your successes are in school. 
all that shows me is that you you know, can read and regurgitate really well. Doesn't show me you're critically thinking. Doesn't show me you have the right personality or drive or determination. Uh, but but Ali, that stuff does matter to you, right? Law review and everything else. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, never mind. <laughs> I quit uh, my journal in law school, um, and that's not and that's not me telling you guys to do that. Don't quit your your law school journal. I'm telling you to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't even go to class. I would cut school and then go to networking events. I very much encourage that. Yeah. Well, look, it very much depends <laughs> what you're looking for. If you want to go to a big law firm, that stuff is really really important and it's necessary for you to get there. But for our kind of firm and for our kind of practice, it is much more important for me to see the things that we've been talking about, to see your ability to be social in a room and be able to be professional in front of important people, um, to see that you're keeping on top of current events in the area so that you can actually apply what you're learning to the space. Um, there's the, there's a plethora of things that you can do that are frankly way more important to me than what your GPA is. And, and here's what I can promise you. Uh, the special sauce that I learned from from Greg Boyd, who I mentioned earlier, all those years ago, is, is a, it, it, it's a very, it is a flawless system for any career in any industry. Uh, this will work. And anyone who does this and it doesn't work, you're lying. Uh, what you do is you open an Excel sheet, you, you make 100 rows, and you fill out, you go on Google, whatever, people you know maybe, and you fill out the first 10 with names of people in the industry that you find interesting, want to work for, want to learn from, want to work with. And you email them and ask for an informational interview or a phone call. And I will guarantee that some on that list of 10, maybe even 15, will do it for you. What you want to do on those phone calls is ask them how they got there, what steps they would advise you to take. Ask them about their own practice or lives because lawyers like to talk about themselves. Who and then doesn't? end it with... Who else should I speak to? Who else would you recommend I reach out to? Can you introduce me to anybody? And oh, I think, the president of Electronic Arts. Oh, okay. What's his number? Oh, great. Okay, I'll give him. Yeah, a call. but you ne- you never know for that real. Austin, you and I both had our job at Large Animal Games because I asked Greg, "Who can you introduce me to?" And he introduced me to the CEO of Large Animal Games, who was running IGDA in New York. So my network grew and grew and grew into a whole different area. So what I'm telling you is, you put those names that you get on that call on that Excel sheet. And you go through it and you keep going through it. And I guarantee, guarantee you will not hit 100 before you find a job. And if you do, I'll give you a job. But the reality is you won't. (laughs) And I'll fact check. If you send me a list of 100 names, I'm going to call every one of them and ask why they didn't hire you. Uh, But but in all seriousness, whatever industry you're in, you'll find a job. Because these people who are introducing you to people are introducing you. There's two kinds of introductions. One is, man, this guy sucks to talk to. I'm going to pass him to Allie. And the other is, oh, this kid's kind of interesting. I don't have anything for him, but I think he'll click with Bryce Blum and I send him over there. Uh, And that second one happens more and more often. And I'm serious about that. I think that's why this turns into so many jobs is because you're getting steered by people who know better than you who you should be talking to. If you take anything away from this podcast, it's that. Do that Excel sheet list. If you already have a job, you'll find a job you like better. If you're a student, you'll find a job that's awesome. Uh, But do that. And listen, that's that that long rant and that long ramble is a serious promise for me that this will work. Uh, everyone else trying to do this isn't doing it. You go out, you do it, you do this list, you email the people, you'll get a job. Uh, that's it. Ali, Austin, any last advice for people before we we move on here? It seems like the real advice then would be if you want to work for Mr. Ryan Morrison, uh, just send emails to those hundred people saying I am unhirable. 
And then when you've filled out the list and having contacted all those people, you've technically fulfilled the arrangement and can get a, a job. That's 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 right. No, and if no. you even do that, I'll hire you. <laughs> but uh, but no, in all seriousness, you won't. Um, but <laughs> but uh, really, give this an effort. Give this a try. And I, I really think you'll you'll be very surprised with what you wind up with uh, in a sea of people, you know, liking tweets and begging for things on random social media platforms. I can't tell you how many students DM me. Don't do that. You know, I know I'm a slapstick attorney on there. I know a lot of people in this industry are. Send a professional email if you want a job. This is a law firm at the end of the wait, day. Wait, wait, like, I've got a better idea now. Okay, so in a sea of people, the person in a boat is crushing all the people underneath them. That is a thing. I mean, that's a sentence. What, the, what does that mean? Well, that's, that's, your, that's your advice, right? It's in the sea of people stand out. So the answer is to build a boat and then you're in a sea of people and people are not water. So you're going to crush them in the boat. Well, you're not crushing them because they can't be directly under the boat. Well, they can. Why are you entertaining this? What what he he said is nonsense. No, no, no. no. So here's the plan. Okay, so you hire the people to hold up the boat first. What is (laughs) happening? All right. Speaking to Ali, any final advice for real? I mean, you you look at more resumes than I do. So what what would you recommend? Uh, Think about the message you're sending before you send it. Uh, Be bold. Go to events. Get your name out there. Oh, Actually, let's let's before we move on, talk about those two things. We're at GDC every year. I recommend you go if you want to work in this industry. It's the Game, Game Developer Developer Convention oh. Conference close in San Francisco every year. Highly, highly recommend anyone who is a hire, hiring or a decision maker is there. Ali, we are commonly approached by students there. Uh, give some yeah, pros and cons on how to behave with not just us, but people in the industry in general when you're yeah, saying hi to them. That's actually a really good call. So we're more than happy to talk to you. Um, I love meeting students at these things. What I don't want to do is be interrupted when I'm in the middle of a meeting with somebody that's important, either a client, a potential client, anybody really. So I would just say, be courteous. Um, If you want to set something up, wait until they're done speaking, pull them aside, ask them when they're available. And they should be receptive. I know I would be. And there, there is no better quality than knowing when to leave. Uh, uh, and I don't say that meanly, but if, if, uh, you know, if you want to, if you see Ali and myself and we're not in a meeting, seriously, we're happy to buy you a drink, hear about your life and talk to you and, and, and get to know you a little bit better. That's how we get to meet people that we might hire one day. It's how you get to meet people in the industry uh, and have that good conversation and then check out. Ali and I are traveling in meetings. We want to die. So is everyone else there. <laughs> you know, we're happy to say hello, but that doesn't mean you're now in the crew for the night. You know, you'll get there, warm up, but you know, that's, that's really like I, I being, being known as the hoverer in a, in any social group, even not, not just even this is never the ideal situation. So you want to make a good impression and then bow out. Uh, and I say that more about my colleagues who, who find themselves <laughs> stuck with people. Cause I'm normally pretty good about, Hey, Ted, nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> so practicing social skills are, social is, is a very important yeah. thing, right? And no, 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 because I absolutely remember think times in the past that I think back and cringe about when, yeah, like I overstayed my welcome because I was, I guess, not being conscious of the time. Yeah. yeah. And I know you're excited. You're around people that you think are cool. You're around people that you potentially want to work with. Just, just remember why they're there. 
And you can always do that, the half exit. Hey, guys, I know you're all busy. I'll let you guys go, but it's nice meeting you. If they say, no, 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 what, you know, one more round, uh, you know, that's how you, you can extend. But, you know, just be, be, you know, be aware of it. That, that's super important. Also, just going to these events. I said it earlier, and I know Austin and Allie laughed. I'm not kidding. Cut school for these events. Don't do your homework for these events. <laughs> they, no, really, they school is the least important thing about becoming a lawyer in the entertainment industry. I didn't know anyone, so I had to go and meet people. I had to go network. If you want to go work in tax law at, at a big law firm, yes, show up to class, get your 4.0, and do your law review. If you want to work in any area of entertainment, go out and network and do that as priority one through 10. Do you disagree with that, Allie? <laughs> my biggest regret in life is not skipping class my one all year to go to the Yankees parade when they won the World Series. So that wouldn't have helped me get a job, but I wouldn't have missed anything my one all year. And I skipped my one all year to go to the Giants parade after they won the Super Bowl. And I don't even like the Giants. That's just how little I valued class. Look, this isn't about skipping class. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even go but to class. <laughs> I didn't go to law school. Uh, no, listen, law school is, is law school's purpose is to teach you how to think. It rewires your brain to be analytical, to be a lawyer. You do not leave there as a lawyer. You don't leave there with legal skills. You leave there with a legal mind that needs to be warped through experience and, and doing things. Honed. Honed. Yeah, war- warped is a, is a great term to use. Actually. It is warped, too. <laughs> and also, like, don't let them break you, man. I, I, like, <laughs> also remember, it's a small industry, just like fashion was for me. The, video games is a small industry, which can both benefit you and harm you. Once you get to know people, you're in. Um, but it's like a you small really keep town that in mind when, where everyone when, knows your name. Yeah, but keep that in mind. I mean, your reputation is really important. And as quickly as you can be in, you can be out just as quickly. Yeah, and and when like you're out, you're, you're philandering in the small town. Is this scaring everybody? It, but it, this is what we promised is real advice. So it, I guess fast forward through the first thirty minutes of nonsense. That's long and short of this. Make a good impression at events. Go to the events and make sure you're shaking hands, saying hello. One of the biggest contested things is whether or not students should have business cards. A lot of lawyers roll their eyes and hate it. I think it shows an and an, a lot of preparation planning and and i like when students have a business card oh no offense but why do you have a business card but where what are you doing what are you working at i don't need your business card to get your law school email connect with me on linkedin or shoot me an email yeah and, and listen wow, i mean that, really different schools of thought right ryan well, how much do you use linkedin well but i was gonna say that's why this is so interesting because ali comes from traditional law and i come from startup game world and that is why we're good partners but also what you as a student, when you're pitching to someone, need to kind of know your audience. Allie's from law firms, law firm world, where she opens LinkedIn. I'm from, you have a better shot of tweeting at me, uh, but don't do that. But, you know, we are very different people. I appreciate the business card. She doesn't. It does. It, everyone's different. But at the end of the day, those things don't matter. What matters is your impression on people and, and you get one chance at that. And then you get 30 more chances every year because we won't remember you. And really, for the <laughs> for the best for the best training for free, uh, watch the episode of Seinfeld, The Burning. Learn from George Costanza. Go out on a high note. Make a joke. Make a make a smart quip, and just leave. Absolutely. If you leave them wanting more, Austin. Yeah. Just and you know what? Just watch all of Seinfeld. That'll make you a better person. And, and listen, future legal eagles. Uh, one last piece of advice I will give that I think Allie forgot to give because nothing drives her crazier. One thing that is absolutely more important than anything we said in the past is if you're emailing 
an attorney or emailing anyone in any industry for any job, get their name right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Spell it right. Just just call them the Do right your name. Research. I've never seen so many different iterations of how to spell Allison. Look on my damn website. <laughs> or the e- your email address is Allison at MorrisonRothman.com. Allie, it's very confusing. Both though, your names are in the email. They send the email somehow and they don't spell Allison. Or right. do you know how many times I've gotten an email that says, Dear Mrs. Morrison? She wishes, Austin. But my old partner was Lee. Everyone thought Morris and Lee was one person, so they would write us Mr. Lee. And listen, that that is so important. Check for typos. Make sure the email you're sending is something you're proud of. If you you know write drunk, edit sober, send put it together, <laughs> let it sit overnight, and then go in the morning and reread it and and fix the typos. Uh, it's not a deal breaker to have a you know missing hyphen or something here and there. But if you call us the wrong law firm or you call us the wrong name, that shows either you're in ter- you're terribly unorganized, have no attention to detail, and is not someone we should be looking at, or it shows you're copy and pasting the same message to every firm and shotgun. you're left with someone else's you're name. Shotgun blasting it everywhere, and you just Which get the name sh- wrong. Hey, you absolutely should be sending this to every but firm that you right. can think of, but get it right, right. Also, legal eagles. I like propitiate novitiates better. I don't know what either of those words mean. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that one. So uh, I'm going to stick with it. Is this the, the, the medicine to grow hair? You... Propecia? <laughs> uh, old law students. That's what you're directing this at. I have, yeah. uh, you know, I'm absolutely team bald. So love you guys. Uh, okay, listen, that'll do it this week. Appreciate all of you. We're going to. I appreciate you. Be back as often as we can. Hopefully weekly is the plan, but you never know with us. Follow me at Twitter, at Morrison. You can follow me if you can figure out how to spell my name, at <laughs> Allie Rothman. You can follow me at Robot Austin, and you can follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. Don't forget to smash that like button and hit subscribe and give us five stars. Yeah, hit the bell. That way you get the notifications. You know it. I don't know why we did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate all of it. Uh, but anyway, good night. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>